listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. Something's wrong with it, like you stubbed your toes, 
um, or something, and you just remembered you had a body, you're like, oh, my toe hurts so bad. Or you become self-conscious about a part of your body when you compare yourself to someone else or you remember a scar in your life. You're too short, you're too skinny, you're not strong enough. Are you even supposed to be a guy when everyone tells you you aren't manly enough? You think about the place where someone might have hurt you on your body and you're stuck with that place, right? You can't take it off your body and you have to live with it. You forgot to shave your legs. Oh, that's a common one for me. Um, you're different. You feel wrong, right? You just feel like you're wrong. You compare and compare and it's like breathing. Okay, you're breathing right now, if you didn't know. In and out, some of y'all breathe faster than others, some are slow, some of y'all breathe with your mouths wide open. AJ does that a lot, but I love him for it. But now, you're realizing you're breathing, right? You're thinking about it, and you have to think about it, and you think, okay, breathe now. Right, you're like, oh, okay, I gotta keep breathing, I gotta keep thinking about it. You're actively thinking about your body. That's what we do when we realize these things. And that's gonna linger with you for a second until you eventually forget that you're breathing, right? And it just goes back to natural life. You're not thinking about it. You're just listening to me talk and breathing's not a thing. That's how I have viewed my body for a long time. I go to counseling and I've always talked to my counselor about that. Um, I see when I realize something I don't like about my body or something I don't feel comfortable in or a body I don't feel enough in, it sticks with me and it wraps around my brain and it's all of my thoughts for a minute. Like, am I enough? Um, and then the thoughts pass without my control. I don't even realize that I'm not thinking about it anymore. Um, and I just go back to the exam. And then I get hit again with it, and it's like a wave. Um, and so I struggle with this a lot. Um, just my story, uh, my parents just being pushed on me. I like definitely struggle with body image. And this is how I kind of see it. Um, and so you, some of y'all might think about your bodies all the time, right? It might encompass much of your daily life, uh, being hyper aware of how you look or you feel. And this can become like very unhealthy, right? We see this in disordered eating or body dysmorphia. It can become a huge part of your identity. You can build it around, oh, this is obviously who I am. But some of y'all probably do not think about your bodies like at all or as much. Um, you may abuse your bodies with substances or just having sex because it's just a body, right? What does it matter? Um, you might think that this talk is pointless, like you might have just zoned me out already. Doesn't God just care about our souls? Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. That's what scripture says. So doesn't he just look at that and we're, our bodies don't matter? But bodies do matter. And one big reason, there's so many reasons, I can't name all of them or we'd be here all night. Um, but one reason I want to point out is that Jesus had a body. Right, Jesus, the one in whom our entire faith hinges on, couldn't become a real person without a body. He couldn't have been the perfect savior for us without a body. And it's the highest compliment that can be given to our bodies. It's the nicest thing God could ever say to us, that he not only made our bodies and enjoyed putting every single one of y'all together through time and history, making everybody, crafting it, but that he would make one for himself. He saw bodies good enough that he would make one for himself. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, Christ put on a body and lived amongst us, feeling the weight of our bodies, right? Christ felt gravity. And our bodies are vital to us. 
They're not like the ultimate thing in our lives, even though a lot of us push that way that they are. And they're not nothing. But they're important, right? It's this middle ground. And they're how God created us able to actually be, right? Like be alive, be a thing, a being. Our bodies are a gift from him. He breathed life into them. And you, you probably forgot about breathing, but I'm going to remind you again. So sorry if you're remembering it. Um, if you're thinking about it again. If our bodies are important to God, we must wrestle with the idea, where do I draw conclusions about my body? And this is the main thread of thinking I want you to contemplate the main question for tonight as I talk is, where do I draw conclusions about my body? One place is in the world, apart from God. We see this, that it's apart from God, because in the very beginning of scripture, in the fall, immediately after Adam and Eve ate from the apple, they noticed they were naked, right? And they hid themselves. They realized they had bodies, and they felt shame. And I looked up what shame actually meant, um, just like our world definition of what you can see in the dictionary. It says, shame is an unpleasant, self-conscious emotion, typically associated with negative evaluation of self. Shame in the garden was realizing they were naked, right? Realizing they had turned away from God, and they wanted to hide this shame from God. They covered themselves. They felt shame in their bodies, and we do too. We all experience brokenness in our bodies because of the fall of the world, right? That's why it's happening. It's because our world's not natural. It's not how it's supposed to be. See, the world is vying for our attention now. Everywhere we look, male and female, right, all of y'all, we see who we should be, like how we should look. Girls won't date a guy if he doesn't meet their height requirement at all. It's bulk up, bulk up. The ex expectation is to be strong and manly, right? Girls are being told back and forth that thin is in or thick 30 is the move. You know, we may feel the pressure to think, if I don't meet these requirements, Am I even supposed to be a girl? Am I even supposed to be a guy? Like, if I don't fit these standards, I'm obviously not that, right? The world is constantly painting an image for us to be conformed to. And the image is usually not a human, right? It's usually airbrushed or fabricated to fit a standard. No wonder we view our bodies as increasingly flawed. Alexander, in his book, The Guy I Mentioned, says that we're not comparing our bodies to the best of humanity, but the best of humanity's imagination. Right? These bodies that we're dreaming of aren't even attainable, they're not even possible. But God makes it clear how he has made our bodies and how he views them. In Psalm 139, it says, in uh, verse 11, I'll read that. If y'all want to pull your Bibles out on your phone, you can. Um, and just follow along with me. We'll also have it on the screen. I forgot. Um, it says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. All right, God says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when David, who wrote the song, this song, writes fearfully, 
It's like when parents like pick up their newborn child. Maddie's um, sister had a baby today. I'm sorry I'm announcing it to everyone. I just realized she said that too, but I'm like, ah! so he's, they're like, I literally she showed us pictures and they're holding this baby so gently, right? You like can't crush it. It's so gentle, fragile. And it's like it's in slow motion because it's so precious and it's so delicate. And they carefully pick the baby up and support the baby in their arms. There's a sense of appropriate fearfulness, right? The parents are afraid that they would hurt the baby. With God, it's even past our infant stage. It's at every point of our life. Even when we feel the most ugly or not precious, God treats us gently, right? Whatever stage we are at, we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And wonderfully in that we are individually made, right? None of us are alike. All of us have been personally made. God knew what he was doing and had purpose behind designing you. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake or a screw-up in design. It says that God knit us together in our mother's womb, our inward parts. Not just our outsides, right, but our insides, like our minds, our personalities. God crafted these things in us. He made us wonderfully. Like, he looks at his creation and all, and he's um, happy, right? He loves us. He loves us so dearly. But in entered sin, right? We're still talking about this road of the world and how we're falling after that because sin entered in and our bodies are broken. But that does not make God's design of us any less true. Even David, in writing this psalm, writing these words in a broken reality, the same one we live in. David has a broken body, right? But knows God has fearfully and wonderfully made him. Why is this so hard to believe sometimes? It's so hard for me to believe that these things can be the same. Right? I just think it's brokenness. A story in the book I read talks about this shorter guy in college who was in a group of friends, and two girls asked if some of their like, guy friends could walk them back to their dorm. Um, and he says, he quickly like, volunteered. He was like, yeah, I'll go. And then one of the girls looked at the other girl and said, does he count? Like, as in, he doesn't even count because he's short. So, like, he's not even a man. He talks about how these three words, does he count, have deeply affected him for years. Like in every aspect of his life, his marriage, how he raises his kids, um, he's revisited them like breathing. He thought about it again. Breathing. And when I read that, it instantly made me think about these verses I read. Psalm 139. About God claiming that he fearfully and wonderfully made us all. And I often find myself asking, do I count? Right? I can feel this crippling pressure of not being good enough. Like God excluded me from his fearful and wonderful design. That like I was a mistake in some way. The effects of the fall touch us all in different ways. And I feel them heavy in the sense of my body image. I'm finding myself, or I'm feeding myself what the world has to say about me, and it's feeding my shame. Right? I'm just taking in everything the world says, and it's just making me feel even worse about myself. And we all do this to an extent. Under all of that is a piece that all of us are turning away from God. We draw conclusions about ourselves from the world apart from God. So the question again, where do I draw conclusions about my body? One, being in the world apart from God, that's what we talked about. And the second place is in the Lord, right, gazing at God's face. In Psalm 34, so we're in two psalms tonight. It says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. 
Those who look at him are radiant, and their eyes shall never be ashamed. He is the one who answers when we call on him. That's what it says. In the midst of an overwhelming world, when we feel like we aren't enough, God promises that our faces shall never be ashamed when we look at him. He hears us, he sees us, and he doesn't shy away, but draws near to us. And as his children, we can never not count in his eyes. I have to remind myself that all the time. Uh, we are his fearfully and wonderfully made creation. He can't turn his back on us, on his children. It's against who he is. And not only does he hear us and see us, he makes us radiant. Like, doesn't that sound like a Taylor Swift lyric? Like, that would have been on Midnight's? Like, he makes us radiant. Those who look to him are radiant. And it's not saying that we're going to be stunners when we look, like, at Christ, we're looking to Christ. But it's saying that looking to him will do something in us to cause us to be radiant. And we talked about how we were dead in our sin at youth group a few weeks ago. Apart from God, we had nothing, right? We were lost. But God, being rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. He makes us new with new hearts, right? He's making us a new creation. He's making us radiant. And he's going to make us have new bodies at the end when he comes again. And we know that beauty is fading, right? So, you know, you see your mom. They look different than they did a long time ago. You know, beauty's fading. That as we grow up, our chains are going to look. Your mom's beautiful, I agree. Uh, we get sick, right? It's all part of being in a broken body. But there is such a thing as inner beauty that doesn't fade. Okay, so we know beauty's fleeting, uh, but there's something about an inner beauty that doesn't fade. Um, and that's reflected in Psalm 34. This is like a true beauty that doesn't diminish over time, but it intensifies. And it's not about what we look like, um, but what we look to, right? The one who gives us life. Those who look to him are radiant. That's what it says. So where do you draw conclusions about your body? Do you look to the world that is telling you how your physical body should present? Or do you look at God who says you're radiant? Right? In the book, the guy whose friend made him feel like crap, said that the idea of it, he counts, like, of if he counts, has started to fade away from his mind. That's what he said. He was like, does he count? That's, it's fading away from his mind. Like the recognition of breathing is easing away. Right? He said, I think it comes only with the security of knowing in my head and heart that God does not make mistakes. And I, and I am the way I am for a specific God-ordained purpose, that it would be wrong if I were any other way than the way I am. That's what this guy says about um, his position and what he's thought about. And this is what David talks about in the verses we read in Psalm 139. It says that, Surely darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. Right? He's talking about this. And he's basically saying, I know this because... You formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together. You say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows these things. He shows that when he feels surrounded by the darkness, what gets him through it is remembering God makes it clear how he has made our bodies and how he views them. That since he has been fearfully and wonderfully made, since God knows all of him, he can make it through the darkness with God at his side. He can draw near to the God who hears and sees him, Cry out to him, and he will say to him, you do count. You always have. Where will you look? 
right? Will you look to the world for identity or will you look to God for identity? For me, this is really hard to keep my eyes on Christ in the midst of a screaming world of who we should be. And I really challenge y'all to confess to the Lord for help, right? Because I know I'm not the only person that struggles with this. Um, I have to confess it all the time. Um, so confess to the Lord for help. He wants to hear you. Um, confess your hurt to him. Um, he's going to bring you peace. So I'll pray for us, um, and we can break into small groups, but I'll dismiss this and tell you where to go. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you um, that you gave us a body, even if we don't like it. Um, Lord, I thank you um, that you change us and you uh, mold us to look like yourself. Um, God, I thank you that you call us radiant when we're your children. Um, and our eyes are directed towards you. So in your son's name, I pray. Amen.